1: Welcome back to Peak to Pit. This is Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger getting ready to get into the meat of bowl season here. Lots of good games coming up, including some tonight. But before we get into those, let's talk about a bowl game that already happened. TJ, you have to be so excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Liberty Coastal Bowl game is probably going to end up being, I don't know, one of the best bowl games of the year, you know, like it's hard to say, like Clemson, Ohio State could be good. Clemson-Bama could be good, you know, if that's what we get. Florida-Oklahoma should be fun. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I don't know that we'll see a wilder finish um, than that Liberty-Coastal game. Uh, Liberty led 14-0 and was driving to go up 21-0. Threw a pick, and Coastal kind of made it a game. Coastal scored a bunch late to tie the game. And then Liberty trying to, trying to stall, trying to run out the clock, did – I don't know, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. What, what were your – so for those that didn't see it, Liberty was trying to run out the clock, which I agreed with the um, – like I agree with the thought process. Coastal sure. had been just absolutely marching down the field. If Liberty would have scored, Coastal would have scored again. And then I, I think you know, you, you don't want to go to overtime just because weird things can happen. So if, if there's a minute and a half left and your opponent doesn't have any timeouts and you're inside the 10 – kneel it a couple of times and kick a field goal. You know, like who cares? Uh, I agreed with the strategy. The execution was absolutely horrendous. Um, Let me say that again. The execution was absolutely horrendous. Uh, What did you think about the handoff and slash kneel down slash whatever the heck was going on there?
1: Uh, Do you think that that was exactly how it was called? Do you think there was some miscommunication there? Because it kind of looked like nobody knew exactly what they were actually supposed to do.
0: Well, on the first down, so it kind of worked out perfectly. Like when you would play, when I would play video games on NCAA and stuff, like you try and make this happen, you know, kind of perfectly. If you had a first and ten from like the fifteen, you'd try and get the first down, but not score. That sure. way, you get three more you plays. More of
1: the time off the clock, and
0: yeah, so it's tougher. Obviously, if it's first and goal from the twelve, it's hard to get down at that two yard line. Sure, first and and stay goal, down. you know, so yeah. or first and ten from the twelve. But anyway, so it worked out perfectly, Liberty got Coastal to use their timeouts outside of the first-and-goal situation, and then got to first-and-goal. Liberty took or Coastal took their last timeout, and then Liberty was going to be able to literally salt away the entire clock and kick a field goal with no time left, uh, an absolute chip shot lined up in the middle, basically an extra point. And if they miss it, they go to overtime, right? Like worst-case scenario. So on the first down play, they handed the running back, and he just kind of stood there, took a couple steps to the right, chewed up a few seconds which wasn't really necessary there was you know you take 40 seconds off for every play really like 42 if you count the time of the play it wasn't necessary for him to do that but you see quarterbacks do that sometimes when there's just a few more seconds than
1: sure
0: than are needed but you know the running back ran it well the first time he kind of took a couple steps to the right and it looked like they were lining the ball up and then he nailed it it was perfect and I thought they'll do that again. It'll it'll work out exactly like that again. They'll kneel it again. And then I think you 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 let it run down. There's less than 10 seconds. You kick it on third down just in case you need to have the fourth down to to, you know, bad snap or something like that. And on the second down play, they ran it the same exact way, same lineup, same everything. And the running back ran toward the line of scrimmage and then stopped once he got to the 2-yard line, and the coastal players picked him up and pulled him into the end zone and then I think he actually crossed the plane, but then right before he crossed the plane, it was ruled he fumbled the ball, right? Like they're stripping at it, They're trying to pull it away. Right, and right. it just looked like if you're just going to have the running back stand there and like kind of take a two yard loss and move to the right a little bit and waste some so- clock, why would you then have him give the ball going toward the goal line where something awful like a fumble on the one yard line could happen? So, you know, I don't understand. I think coaches sometimes outsmart themselves. Hugh Freeze has been fantastic at Liberty. Uh, they won back-to-back bowl games. and won 10 games this year. Only lost this year was at NC State, who's now ranked on a blocked field goal. They really should have won that game. So Hugh Freeze has been great. I, I don't understand why you don't just have the quarterback in shotgun and have him kneel down the, the ball. Anytime you have a handoff, that's one more thing that could go wrong. And so I don't know, just absolutely the wildest thing I've ever seen. At that point, I literally said, oh, my gosh, we had a 15 point lead in this game and we are going to lose it. Like they are going to come back and 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 beat us because the football gods won't let us win this. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with the strategy. I like killing the clock. I like. Um,
1: well, this is why you play games, ch- right? If everything played out exactly the way that we thought it would when it was drawn up, why play them?
0: Yeah. I mean, so that's
1: that's that's not reality. But and that's I think that's the call I would have gone with, too. You do want to kill the clock, especially against a team that has been scoring like basically every time they touch the ball. Um, I think you got to hang on to it. Clearly, their their intent is always going to be to strip it in that situation. Right. So you got to do a better job protecting it, taking care of the football um, I w- watched the highlights on my phone, to be honest. So I'm not hundred percent sure if I think he crossed the goal line or not. It was kind of too small for me to fully judge. I'm going to need to pull up the highlights on YouTube on my TV, um, to actually have like a solid opinion on that. But, you know, it was
0: one of those where you, there wasn't a clear angle, but if you kind of like judge by where his back is, it, like it, it wasn't definitive. It was definitely one that, however it was ruled on the field, it was going to, stay that way uh it just kind of looked like based on where his back but i'm kind of happy with how it went because if he would have scored there they would have had again 50 seconds to go score so i'm fine the way it kind of worked out um i mean it would have probably just gone to overtime anyway unless they went for two or something crazy but um yeah i mean it, it so then it goes to overtime liberty doesn't end up getting a first down has to kick a field goal takes a delay of game on the field goal has to kick it from even further back does end up squeaking in the upright um and then blocks Coastal's field goal attempt to win it. Kind of a crazy, crazy turn of events, but I'm glad we won.
1: Doing the Lord's work for the playoff committee though.
0: I mean, I guess I don't know. I thought Liberty. I think Coastal is still a really, really good team, but okay. Liberty was just better. Listen,
1: like, I'm not saying Coastal's not a very good team. And you know, I've become a Closet Liberty fan this year, but you can't tell me that that Coastal team would have gotten into a dogfight with any of the teams in the playoffs or the couple right behind the teams that made the playoffs. But there was a push because we are looking at a a group of five school who is ranked pretty highly and undefeated. So uh, there's always going to be those calls for... You know they belong. We watched it with UCF. We've seen it in the past with Boise State. We've, you know, there's, uh, but I think this was the Lord's work here. You don't belong. Sorry.
0: I know this is going to shock you, and so in the last episode of 2020, I'll I'll just go ahead and shock you. But I I somewhat disagree that they wouldn't be in a fight with Notre Dame. Like I think, well, I I'm we not also saying they don't win. think that Notre
1: Dame actually belongs. No. So
0: I, I'm not saying they win, but I could see them. Keeping it within 20 of Notre Dame, which I know that doesn't sound like a massive fight, but I, you know. I mean, are, but but does Coastal, a team belong
1: it, in the playoffs that's going to keep it within 20 of the team that we also think does not belong in the playoffs?
0: Does, uh, does, is Liberty versus North, I'm sorry, is Coastal versus Northwestern a good game?
1: I mean, ish. May better than any of the te- any of the matchups that would have happened with anybody else in the playoffs.
0: If Coastal and Northwestern's a good game, let's play the transitive property and say that then Coastal transitive and Ohio property State would be doesn't a good game.
1: work in college football.
0: <laughs> um, you know they keep it close with Ohio State. Coastal keeps it close with them. I don't know. I, Coastal I think not
1: keep it close with Ohio State. No.
0: I think Liberty does though. Whatever uh, the spread is, right. Liberty covers it. Uh, listen,
1: <laughs> your Homer is showing. Um, I don't agree.
0: So would you take Liberty plus 28 against Ohio state? Probably not. I think I would.
1: I know. I know
0: the rule on the show is you never bet against Liberty. Right. And that's Ohio true. State look like crap all year. Like they haven't looked, you know, they, everybody they've played, it's been closer than it should. So, uh, but yeah, no, one of the more fun bowl games, we've got a couple more a one, coming, yeah. a couple more coming up here soon. Miami plays tonight against Oklahoma state. Oklahoma state's a, a very slight favorite. Um, Texas plays Colorado, always fun to watch Texas sure. blow games they shouldn't um or win games they're supposed to and claim to be back. So sure. um either way We're
1: back. Yeah. Either way back that,
0: that that probably not. Probably not if they finish this year at 7 and 3, I don't think so. Um so we took off Christmas week. We didn't try it last week, but uh, Florida played Alabama in the SEC championship. I'm not letting you escape this recap. Um, hey, I'm here year, for this. We said this all year, but the one thing that Florida couldn't afford to do against Alabama was start slow, and that's exactly what they did, and ended up costing them. Because in the second half, Florida was absolutely, absolutely looked like they belonged. Uh, never had the ball with a chance to win it, minus the last play of the game, which Trask got sacked, but never had the ball. And like a one score lead. Like it was always, you know, Bama up two scores, Florida, Coming, cut it to one. Yeah, Bama closer, up two, yeah. Yeah. So like it, you know, I would, I wouldn't say the game was ever in question or in doubt. I think that, you know, obviously when Alabama had the ball, of the last possession, um, you know, it was kind of like, well, if we can stop them, maybe we get the ball back with enough time. But even then they got it back with like 15 seconds, tries to get sacked and it, it was over. So, um, exactly what we said couldn't happen. Florida's slow starts bit them in the butt. Yeah. Cause if they'd have started yeah. quicker then you know, they, the second they, half, they proved that they belong. They proved that they were there. Sure.
1: They, I mean, they played better than Alabama the second half. They just, it was not necessarily enough to make up for how much better Alabama was the first half. Um, we watched this game together and I, I had a lot of fun. We, uh, we, we, Did a little bourbon tasting, or more like you and Eric did a little bourbon tasting um, while the game was going on. Uh, It was it was really fun to watch the game with you and Kara. So here is here is my thing. I think that there are maybe between two and four little plays that go differently, and the entire outcome of the game changes. I think if. the interception that then was turned around and fumbled. Obviously, if you don't fumble that ball, that's different. My I, There's a lot of Gator fans that swear that was targeting. I, I am not sure that I think that. I will tell you my dad, who thinks targeting is a stupid rule and is never in fa- favor of blaming things on the ref, swears up and down that that was targeting. But you know, that's one incident. If that ball by Trask hadn't been overthrown, I can't even remember who. I think maybe it was Copeland. I can't remember who the wide receiver was. But wide open... Sure.
0: Can I can I back up to the targeting? We'll come back to sure. the the throw to Copeland. Sure. I have never though. I think I agree with you that I'm I'm not sure it's targeting. I've seen the still frames both ways that make you think it is. I've I've never seen a ref that I've never seen refs in a game that should have called targeting and they didn't. But I have seen refs not. Are call targeting when they shouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? Like they always err on the side of. Okay, I'll I'll take that back and not say always. Ninety eight percent of the time, and I think we'll agree on this. They err on the yeah, side. Yeah, I would of say ninety eight percent
1: of the time. I so think I do think. Has it, there been it happens, has there been one but,
0: time that? Yeah. Okay. So but I'll you're say more not,
1: likely. It is more likely for a ref to call targeting when it isn't than to not call targeting when it is. I think that that's they, a totally fair statement.
0: They err on the side of calling yes. target, which yes. annoys me, which, you know, annoys like me too. I don't yeah. like, I don't like the call. I don't like the rule. I'm okay with the 15 yard penalty. I don't like the ejection. Yeah. Me but, either. um, so anyway, anyway, I, so that
1: that's just one, you know, point so of reference, the, but even if the, the play to Copeland, the play, I mean, he, warrior. he got wide, he was wide open and the ball was overthrown. That's not on anybody, but Trask, um, that was a touchdown though. If that ball, if, if that ball's caught. You know, and that puts Florida in a different position. So you think about, okay. so the interception that turns into a fumble in theory, that's 14 points, right? Because Florida scores and then Alabama doesn't necessarily because Alabama scored like two plays later after that. So it says seven to 14 point swing just on that little. Mistake right there, right, and then you overthrow. That's another seven points right there. That was a touchdown. So you look at just those two things, and Florida does it differently. Tras doesn't overthrow, and defender doesn't fumble the football after the interception. Either one of those things are different, and that this outcome may be different, right? Um, And and there was a couple other plays that maybe not as egregious as either one of those things. That if Florida does something just the teeniest bit differently, they win this game. I am not – we've talked about this before. I'm not a big moral victories person. I think you, know, you win like or you don't. Yeah. I feel like one's coming. like one's I think that Florida fans can be happy about what they saw. I think that the two losses earlier in the year didn't leave anything for me to be like, okay, well, Florida can build on X, Y, Z. They left me angry. I think that Florida – could have and should have played a better game, called a better game against Texas A&M and against LSU. There's really zero excuse for losing to either one of those teams. Florida is better than both of those teams and they didn't come to play. And so I think that those two losses are embarrassing. I think that's very different than this loss to Alabama. I think that Florida proved that they belonged there. And I do think that that's still a step in the right direction for the program as a whole. I think the difference between, you know, outside of maybe a bajillion stars um, on defense, but the difference between Alabama and Florida right now is discipline, right? And we've talked about this also, discipline for for Florida. But they lose the Texas A&M game. They lose the LSU game because of discipline this Alabama game, Florida's slightly more disciplined, they probably win, right? And that if you want to be Alabama, that's what needs to change. I know people will say recruiting needs to change. Like, I, Honestly, Mullen's great at doing more with less in terms of talent and his talent is continuing to improve as Florida continues to win. So that's not really an area of concern for me. The area of concern is that Florida has to get better discipline-wise. That's how you take the final leap. That's how you are able to compete with a team like Alabama year in and year out. It's the teeny tiny details. And those are all discipline related.
0: Yeah, no. And I'm very interested to see how Florida looks losing a lot of talent this year. Um, certainly they're, I mean, the best three players on the team, right? In Trask, Tony, and Pitts. Um, And then is Davis gone from the secondary as well? So there's just, there's a lot of questions there. You know, they, they get Alabama at home next year. Obviously have to go to uh, Jacksonville and, and that's, you know, the game of the year, no matter what's going on. And then, you know, go to LSU where you would think that they would improve because they couldn't have been much worse this year. So there's a lot of questions there for Florida. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see what they they look like
1: Um, with what, with the talent that Florida currently had and the schedule situation. This was the year to make the playoff run. And so it's, I don't know that next year looks better than this year for Florida. And I don't think that Gator fans should think that that's a step back, but I don't think that there's as favorable of a setup as this year was for a while.
0: So it might look better, it might look better record wise. Um, well, maybe know, I mean, because
1: you're you're also getting a lot of Patsy teams in there too.
0: You get two more games, but you and, have
1: Alabama on the regular season schedule, you
0: know, which doesn't help. I mean, and you, and it, you know, kind of a you never want to lose this game, but if you lose to Georgia and lose to Alabama, then that's one less loss that you have to put on the rim schedule by going back to Atlanta, right? So, uh, not that you want to lose those Perfect. games, but you could end up having a better record. I mean, you'd take ten and two right now, right? Like, if I told you right now, Florida with losing all the talent that they're going to lose, I'll give you the ten and two right now as a worst case scenario. I mean, you take that, you know? Like, that's not, you know, I mean, like as worst a worst case scenario, bowl. it's yeah.
1: not, it's not awful, but it's not what
0: you're going to lose the two top five teams, probably the number one team that's going to win it again all next year, you know, this year and next year. So, yeah. you know, it's not having I mean, it's not the worst. You know, Florida will finish if if Florida goes ten and two. And doesn't get like demolished by Bama and Georgia. I mean, See, they'll yeah, go. I think Florida they'll,
1: probably beats Georgia. I think Florida will get demolished by Alabama, more than likely. It depends on when that game ends up scheduled. They don't have a date for it yet. Um, it depends on I'm, what happens with Emory Jones. Uh, I mean, I think there's just so many question marks for Florida next year.
0: Yeah, I, and that's why I can't predict that Florida beats Georgia. Florida had their best offense well, ever, and I think if the game transitions. Back down to being a more defensive game. Um, I could see because Florida's as much as I talked about it this year, Florida's going to run the ball more next year, even if it is with the quarterback. Sure. Like, like so so more time is going to come off the clock. Sure. They're not going to score as high paced as they did this year. They're going to have longer drives. You know, it's not going to be trash just absolutely uh, every pass trash through this year was a first down. And so the clock was always stopped, and that's why Florida was able to put up so many points. So, you know, I don't know. I, I'd be hard pressed to.
1: Well, and I think pin- that we automatically think that LSU is a is a win is a stretch as well, though, because LSU is not going oh, to. I'm not saying lose. that's a win at all. No, I'm just saying a ten and two is the best case scenario. Like a nine and three might be the best case scenario. I don't know. I I think that LSU will obviously be better than they were this year they have a ridiculous amount of talent they're signing a ridiculous amount of talent i don't think that we can look at this year really as a trend for them at all um yeah. and I, I, i'll tell you
0: florida is going to go into the florida state game with the second best quarterback on the field So, I, I, all right I, um,
1: sorry eh.
0: with a national champion at the helm <laughs> at florida state so uh,
1: florida state's going to get on that bandwagon now huh
0: why not um, I was almost, I was almost on the Liberty bed, uh, national champion bandwagon if they wouldn't have had that kick block. So anyway, all that to say, putting a bow on the, the Bama game. I thought Florida played really well in the second half. Yeah. I, I will say, I agree with you on those plays. They were monumental. I think it also any, and all of those plays that you mentioned, if they had gone the other way it changes how Bama plays the sure, game, right? Sure, sure. I so, mean, we so, can... So but, Bama went into the, it's, you know, the, the game never is going to go exactly like it was. Let's say even the fumble and the interception doesn't happen. Florida may come back and, well, you know, and, you tie you know, that up or make it a lot closer, but, you know, Bama's not going to... Like, for, exa- for, for example, the last series of, of the game for yeah, Bama, they about ran, three pl- ran three plays and got negative one yards. If that game was tied or Bama needed. I mean, they would have not well, called three run play. They I would have tried to throw the ball, which they'd been doing all game.
1: This is imp- an important point to make just about uh, things like clock management in general. I know um, Dan Mullen got a lot of grief about where he used timeouts and going for two and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I, obviously we, can ask whatever questions about what happened and what could have been, but I do think it's important to point out. So Florida doesn't go for two and they don't use that timeout. Bama does play the next series differently. So it is, we can't say if X, Y, Z didn't happen, that the rest would play out exactly the same. Like you're accurate on that. I just think
0: if you don't give up 50 points, you don't lose either. Well, I mean, it's easy to to like yell at Mullen, but If you don't have two turnovers, you win, you know? Like, would anybody have thought that
1: Alabama would give up 46 and Florida would give up 52? Although I will say I think I said 49, 42, so I wasn't too far off. But I mean, that's a hell of a lot of points scored by two teams who in general are known for their defenses. That's a lot of points.
0: Yeah. And it's just, you know, it is just absolutely the the trend of college football now, you know, it's just what you do. Like you are going to score points to win. I mean, you know, nobody came here to see defense, (laughs) you know, and so they're not. Not this season. Um, That's for damn
1: sure. Uh, Totally interesting. I was looking up Georgia's 2021 schedule to see what their SEC schedule is. And this doesn't have any bearing on the SEC, but they open with Clemson, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. I think Clemson beats the hell out of them. You know, I think you know maybe it's close for a half. I saw some reports. You know, I'm interested to see if JT Daniels comes back. They certainly looked better with with him this mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't know what their quarterback recruiting looks like. What you know is kind of coming down the pike for them on that side of things. You know, their schedule outside of that's pretty manageable. Pretty manageable. Uh, you know, they obviously they play Auburn every year as they're rotating. That's that's a win um with a new coach I don't have any confidence in Auburn winning that. So and then of course the Kentucky, East runs Missouri, through, South Carolina uh,
1: you know Jacksonville uh, yeah. like it does couldn't, basically every year.
0: Couldn't see anyone in the East challenging and you know it's the reverse this year. Well, it became a little bit tougher for Florida with the pandemic, but uh Florida gets Alabama and Georgia gets Arkansas. So you know there's there's the you know Georgia has The The potential wiggle room, yeah, but I mean, you still, you know, you would still need Florida to lose another SEC game besides the uh, cocktail party, which is which is theoretically possible, right? We talked about LSU. We talked, you know. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see who is Florida's um, other. Oh, it's LSU. Yeah, LSU. so everything else is the same. Yeah. yeah, LSU and Bama, which, you know, so basically the toughest two, uh, A&M is probably a little tougher than LSU. But so, uh, I mean, you know, it'll be we'll-
1: interesting to see how all of these teams shake out. I think Florida is just such an unknown that it's very difficult to sit here. We don't even know for sure who all is leaving and coming back. Like Florida could lose more people than have already announced. Um, obviously, that could work in the reverse. They could have people coming back that we're not expecting, but I don't really expect that to be um the case. But I, I think I'll be interested to see what happens in the Cotton Bowl because it's going to be a preview of all of this young talent because Florida between people declaring and COVID are um, going to have no option but to play young guys. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that may give us a little bit of an insight as to what this team will look like next year. But um, Florida's yeah, is be- unknown.
0: I am very much interested to see if all of these young guys that the entire fan base has been clamoring for um, end up making Florida fans happy. I know this is not a troll. I know it's going to come across like one. I know that it was very, very easy to say that Marco Wilson did not belong on the field due to play. Like, I understand the shoe thing, but like due to play, I know that it's very, very, you know, discipline. No, I, I get that. But due to play, I know it's very, very easy for us fans that aren't in the practices and aren't in seeing things and aren't in the meetings and aren't in all that other things. No one is as popular as the backup to the guy who is struggling. Sure. Well, but there's a reason that the coaches who get paid millions of dollars don't put that guy out there. And could they be making a complete favoritism choice because Chad Wilson's the, you know, dad? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that, that's what Twitter thinks. But There's a reason these guys that have million dollar jobs aren't just putting out the guys that suck and putting superstars on the bench for the hell of it. You know, so it'll be very interesting to see what these Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma's offense is no joke either. So what's this backup going to do to Marco Wilson or these other guys that are going to be playing?
1: So, okay, so this is what I'll say about that for. Um several years I covered college football recruiting for you like uh, focusing on Florida but in general covered high school football covered recruiting the thing that always blew me away every single year is that without fail pretty much every fan base. My experience is most with Florida because that's what I dealt with most. And so I tend to find them some of the more delusional, but it's more likely that it's just that I spent more time with this fan base and everybody's like this. But it blows my mind that every year fans think that this four or five star guy is going to come in and start immediately as a high school player. I feel like we all have incredibly short memories. We don't remember that every class prior to that was filled with guys that were four- and five-star guys that everybody thought was going to start immediately. And I think that that doesn't usually happen. Most of the time, you pay your dues, you learn the system, you work hard, and then you start, right, at pretty much every position across the board. There are exceptions to the rule. Teams could have immediate needs. There could be guys that really are that generational player that impacts immediately. But in general, a high school player is not going to impact a college team right out the bat. So it does bother me when fans say things like, you know, so-and-so would be, do such a better job. For the Marco Wilson situation specifically, I feel like he's regressed over his time at UF. He certainly hasn't gotten better. I think where I stand on that is I find it difficult to believe that the person behind him could be all that much worse. That doesn't mean that he isn't the best at practice at his position. That doesn't mean that he's not the best in general at his position. I just think that he's shown me so little this year that it's hard for me to think that the person behind him would do such a worse job that he wouldn't necessarily be worth like looking at. But you're right. These coaches are paid millions of dollars. Most of the time, they're not showing favoritism. They're playing the guy that's going to help them keep their job.
0: So yeah, I agree that I agree the guy behind him probably isn't like leaps and bounds worse. but even if he's just slightly worse and you're going up against Alabama, yeah, you know I like think a at some tenth point in second you know like I would
1: have wanted to see I, I think you know and, and granted, is, I'm not in practice.
0: And that's what I was going to say. The coaches do see that each. Year. Now, next year, when McKinsey Milton comes out on one leg and he's struggling, I'll be clamoring for the backup, too. So, like, it's not just your fans. Sure, like, no, it it's totally all everybody. fan bases. And yeah, again, so. I
1: think we all, as fans, have to defer to the coaching staffs at the end of this because these guys, this is what they're doing for their job. This is how they feed their families. This is how they keep a roof over their head. They're not dumb enough to play players that have better guys sitting behind them just for the hell of it they have more at stake than we do. This is not so, so I don't, I completely reject the idea in general that players, that better players are sitting on the benches and coaching staff know it, but play a worse player. That's not the case. I do think that there are players that are better in practice than they are in games. There's players that are better in games and then they are in practice. And sometimes those things don't necessarily come out until there's just some trial and error that goes on. Um, Again, Marco Wilson is probably Florida's best option. That's probably why he's in there. If I'm a coach in some of these games that don't matter as much, I'm probably checking out to see what I have, like, and actually playing him on the field to see what the results are because his results have been so lackluster this season. But I also get what you're saying when you're playing in Alabama, you want to go with the, you know, the guy you know the guy that yeah. you know knows the plays knows the system and even if he's only going to be 50% out there or whatever in terms of uh, making tackles or doing his job that's probably better than the guy with zero big game experience um, yeah and
0: it's a and it's a tough it's a, it's tough as well because do you you know like if you wanted to try out a new guy you could have done it in games like arkansas vandy that's Andy, when they should have done it right you can't do it in the these same, big ones But at the same time... Marco played fine in those games, yeah. you know, like, yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's like, do you, do you, well, you want to, do you want to put a, a guy that's even worse? So it's tough. It's a tough it, spot. It is. For, it's a tough situation for, for a
1: coach. And I think too, like, so let's say you play crappy against like, let's say a Georgia or something. They, there's a lot of them that want you to out back, put you right back out there in the next game that they know is going to be a givey game because it's building up your confidence. And they're hoping that helps for the next big game that rolls around. So like, there's a reason these guys are paid the big bucks and we're not to coach on the field. I, I, Completely respect what these guys are doing. I think in that situation, in in Marco Wilson's situation, as a fan, I've been disappointed in his regression or what at least I see as regression over the last three years. So that makes it easy to assume there's got to be someone better. I think that, I, I don't know, maybe in general, Florida, not even Florida, just maybe we haven't done a great job evaluating DBs because Florida has landed, that's the position where they've landed some of their better recruits over the last four and five years, right? So it's disappointing, too, that this seems like this is the best we can put out there. I don't know how much falls on coaching. I will tell you, Fortis form tackling has been atrocious. At some point, I feel like you got to look at coaching staff for that. I, I don't know. But I think that there's just been so much disappointment in Florida's defense this year that it is easy for fans to just hope that there's better guys on the bench because that's the quickest fix, right?
0: Last year, Florida I think the DBs get focused on so, so much. And they weren't well their great. tackles happen
1: in space much more, right? So like when a line, it's a little harder to see where the collapses are.
0: And even just coverage is is sure. a lot tougher. And, and here's another issue that that doesn't get brought up. But last year Florida had uh with, and we'll see what it looks like after tomorrow. But Florida is what right now eleven and one, 10 and one.
1: Um, ten. Florida is ten and two, right? Well, I guess ten. Uh, yeah, T- uh, ten and two. This uh, no, no
0: nine. And and, they nine lost and LSU
1: and Texas A and M.
0: Oh, and Bama. Yeah, so eight and three, eight and three. Sheesh, math is terrible over here. Yeah, yeah played ten game, played eleven games so far, eight and three. So they played eleven this year. They played, what, 13 last year? So, a couple games different there, but we're going to have another one. So, it'll only be a one-game difference between the two years. Uh, you know, as much as the pandemic feels like it shortened a lot, they got the extra game in Atlanta. Yeah. Last year, Florida had 49 sacks, and this year they had 33. Um, yeah. Yeah. Huge difference, right? Like, because yeah. even if they if they play again tomorrow, you know, well, when they play tomorrow, if they get two, it'll be thirty-five to forty-nine. Sure, that's a huge the, difference. Fourteen. So when they've also really not, been lacking
1: in interceptions as well. I mean, Their their stats are down this year, but
0: so when you have sixteen less sacks, when you're not getting after the quarterback as much, those guys that are in coverage are having to be in coverage for a lot longer. Sure. And so I'm not sure. saying. You know, that There's a lot
1: more room for error when you're getting a lot more yeah. plays.
0: It all boils down to the defensive line. You know, the Bucks had good cornerbacks back in the day, but we did Warren Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice and Boog McFarlane going after you like yeah. it made the defenders job. You only have to cover those guys for three or four seconds. And so the defensive backs get a lot of blame and not that they don't deserve it. I- I'm not saying that they don't by any means, yeah. but when you lose like guys like Grenard and other guys that go high in the draft, like it's just not going to be as good. Like you're just not going to excel. You can't ask the defensive backs to to you know just be amazing forever. The Florida's defensive line also suffered some injuries this year, and yeah. so I mean it was just a lot tougher. Um, Carter was out for some time. And he missed the the A and M game, didn't he? So yeah, I think Zuniga being gone, Grenard being gone. Oh,
1: those made huge difference. They were game changers so, for Florida last year.
0: So, you know, I'm not trying to blame the defensive line for the secondary being worse, but it all, it all goes together, right? Like if you're asking Marco Wilson, who probably wasn't great last year either, but you had a defensive line who was just an absolute terror and teams couldn't even get the ball off. Well, he was only having to cover guys for like two seconds, you know, like it wasn't a bit, you know, so it's a kind of an underrated aspect of it as well. Florida's defensive line play regressed. Not that guys were like taking plays off or I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, just, they just did, you know, like talent was lost. And so does Florida improve that defensive line? Cause that's where it all starts. You can have four Darrell Revis in the secondary. And if you give guys forever to throw, they're, they're going to find open guys. You know, you, you have a true freshman come in and you have a true freshman come in the swamp for LSU and you never put any pressure on him. I mean, he's gonna pick you apart because I mean they're D one athletes, whether they're true freshmen or not. So, I think that Florida's defensive line has to improve next year, or you're gonna see the same thing. You're gonna see the the secondary get taken advantage of because guys just can't cover people forever. I, Kellen Mond is not even that good of a quarterback, and he had all day yeah to make passes yeah you know, like all day. And the white guy on one ACL like killed Marco. Well, yeah, a lot of that's on Marco, but a lot of that's also on the fact that how's he supposed he to cover to guys Marco. for five, six, seven yeah. seconds? You know, yeah. so. Um okay, question for you comparing the 2019 and the 2020 seasons of Florida. Um what is your favorite uh between these two? So I'm going to give you the two. What is your favorite win for the Gators between leading LSU in the second half and only losing to Alabama by six. Like between those two things that Florida is hanging banners for on social media, what is your favorite of those two?
1: Wait, readers? leading Alabama in
0: 2019? No, no. Leading LSU, like being up on LSU in the second half.
1: In 2019.
0: So, in 2019. Right. That's versus, I mean. okay. because I saw a lot of people celebrate that last year. And I've seen a lot of people celebrate the fact that. Florida only lost to Bama by six. So I was just wondering which moral victory was your favorite of the two.
1: (laughs) You're such an ass. Um, Alabama. (laughs) Alabama. I I think... um, I love
0: you for playing along.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alabama. I think that Florida took a step in the right direction this year. I think record aside, this Florida team beats last year's Florida team. And I think that getting the Georgia monkey off the back, I think going forward... Florida and Georgia will trade punches every single year. It's not going to get into that stretch where Georgia dominates for, you know, three, four years again in a row. I think that monkey is gone, and I appreciate that. I think getting to the SEC championship game with a legitimate shot to compete is very different than the last two times Florida went to the SEC championship game just to be a punching bag. Um, So I also think that that was a step in the right direction. I think that Florida played better than anybody gave them even a shot of doing. And I think that this team should be proud. And I personally was proud because I felt like they fought to the last second. And I think that you can tell kind of a direction a team is going in long term by how they, they react when they're down and Florida was down that entire game. It would be very easy for Florida to have given up at any given point because they were outmanned by a team with more stars and, uh, you know, better coaching staff. And that's not a, that's not a slight to Florida in, in in any way. Alabama has the best coaching staff in the country. They have the best athletes in the entire country and Florida hung with that. And I think that's something to hang your hat on win or lose.
0: I'll take it. I will take, I'll write that down as you're hopefully in I don't remember
1: taking any solace in Florida leading LSU in the second half last year, but maybe I did. And I just no, no, don't remember, remember. but
0: I, I'm not saying it was I you. like
1: this better. No, I know. I yeah, know you're not, I, but I'm just I don't even remember what my stance was at this point last year. But I will say I I will take the Alabama loss.
0: I I wanna say that no one led LSU. No one had a lead on LSU in the second half all year except for Florida. I think
1: that's accurate. I,
0: and so and it happened like to start the second half, you know, and and then like after that point, I think Florida scored like seven or 14 points and LSU put up like 21, 28. You know, it was like, okay, great. You know, it was like the dumbest moral victory, but we all do that. Like, we all, like, well, we, you know, the year that Clemson won the national title, and we were like, well, if not for that chop block they called on us, we could have beat them, you know, like in 2016. So, Everyone does it. I, I just can't wait for 2021 to see what our favorite moral victories are that year. To see if yeah. there's anything. So different. I think what happened you is
1: that they were tied going into halftime, and then Florida scored first in the third quarter, and then after that LSU scored twenty one points. I just pulled up the. Yeah, um, I think that that's 25. the way that it that it played out. Which so, yeah, I mean, lost by twenty one points. I I'll take the six with Florida with, and you know. Uh, Maybe people are right and the clock management makes a difference, but I you know, Trask has thirty more seconds at the end of that game. That's different. You give Florida ten minutes at the end of the LSU game last year and the outcome's still the same.
0: Um, yeah, no, I agree. Like we said, the game gets called differently. I don't think Yeah, Marlin, and, and uh, I don't think I'm just they, saying I don't think Florida saving, had a shot Samba. to win
1: this game. They did not have a shot to win the LSU game at the end See, last year.
0: I don't know that I agree they had a shot to win this game because they never had the ball with a chance to score, uh, minus the last, you know, like I said, fifteen seconds on their own ten. So, and I don't know that I really consider that a shot. And if Mullen does maybe manage the clock a little bit differently, um, I think Saban just tries to get a first down there as opposed to just running it three times and kicking it. Maybe,
1: but it just that that game was a lot closer. Every every aspect of that game was closer.
0: I think they had a chance to win that LSU game. If Trask doesn't throw that interception in the second half, then yeah, I think they've...
1: The last know, seven that LSU scored, if I remember correctly, was in like the last minute. So yeah, let's so say it's 14 was points. But I mean, 14 points. in That means that they were up by 14 points in the third quarter and the fourth quarter before they, they scored that gimme touchdown to then win by 21. I,
0: I feel no, like they, that feels different. More- they didn't win by 21. They yes, won by they 14 did. last year. LSU did?
1: They you LSU. Yeah, UN. I'm pulling it up. It's
0: 42-28. Yeah, that's 14. No, they only won by 14. Okay. All right, why am so, I... And, and so they scored a garbage-time touchdown. I think both games were very similar. Okay, I think, right, you know, if... if if I don't um, know.
1: I don't, they whoever didn't feel Harris,
0: I don't know. Florida was in that game the whole way as opposed to just having a big comeback that fell a little bit short. I don't know. I think they were pretty similar. That's a good poll, though. Like, who... Which game felt like you know? Now the second half, of course, Florida felt more in it, but they never had the ball with a chance to win. Florida had the ball with a chance to win a couple of times against LSU, and just you know couldn't score any more than seven in the second half. So basically, have reverse role. Agree rolled. to disagree uh, on this. I refuse to agree to disagree. Uh, you talked about Florida twenty nineteen versus Florida twenty twenty. I agree. I think Florida twenty twenty probably wins, but with the defense being so much better. I don't know. I think it, it would actually be a pretty good game. I think I don't Florida's think, offense
1: this year is one of the best offenses in college football. I think it's yeah, for I sure mean, one of the top four. Obviously, Florida's defense is is bad, but I think Florida's offense took a massive step, and I, I think, I think they
0: is, yeah, I think Florida's offense is top four or five, you know, somewhere in that range. I mean, I think, I think mean they're clearly behind Bama. Who and do you think is probably- the best
1: defense in the country right now?
0: Huh. Can I take a? There isn't one. Let's see what I mean. I I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, but I do want to look up the S and P Plus defensive rankings while we're talking about it because I I I I, do
1: not know the answer to this either. I will say going into the SEC championship game, ESPN multiple people said that they thought Alabama was the best defense in college football. I think twenty twenty gets a big asterisk because defense has just been basically obsolete this year. So
0: so this Um, is all. So this is all opponent-adjusted. So it's not like because you play in the SEC or the ACC, like you get more credit for sure. all of that. But here's the listing of the defenses according to the s and uh, Plus. Clemson 1, Northwestern 2, Cincinnati 3, Iowa 4, Wisconsin uh, 5, Georgia 6, San Diego State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Alabama. So Alabama comes in at – uh, whatever that is, 12, 11, 12, tied with Iowa State. So kind of the same. So all opponent adjusted, so it's not like So Georgia was of...
1: six there, right?
0: Georgia was six, correct. Okay.
1: All right. I mean, Florida scored a lot of points on, on them. I don't know where Florida's 2019 defense would rank in all of this, and all of this is theoretical in general. I just think as good as Florida's defense was last year, I don't know that I think it's better than, you know, a top 10 defense this year. Maybe, it, maybe it was, I don't know if they would be the number one defense in the country this year. If it was the same exact defense of last year, I'm just saying, I think Florida figures I think out enough good, po- points. To win. I think
0: it'd be a good, I think it'd be a good game. Like, I think it, I, I don't see Florida blowing them back. Cause Florida's offense was really, really good last year too. You know, like people forget that. Like Trask had something like, what, like 27 touchdowns and five picks. People
1: forget like, that and thought he wasn't going to start this year.
0: Really good. I mean, if they, I mean, might have finished with a better record than eight and four if they just started Emory. But You're um, so crazy. Is there a game that Florida won this year that they wouldn't have won with Emory Jones?
1: Um,
0: maybe Georgia. Probably like, that's Georgia. the only one. I don't know. I, I don't Honestly, know. That. I still think. It I be don't know.
1: I haven't seen anything from Emory Jones or enough from Emory Jones. I, and listen, I'm not saying I don't like him. I like him. I hope he's our quarterback of the future. I hope he goes to great things. I don't know what everybody has seen that I haven't seen that makes everyone think that he's the next superstar or even like this past off season that there was a huge faction of Florida's fan base that had it in their heads that Emery Jones was going to start over Kyle Trask, or if he didn't, he should. And I can't understand how you watch the end of last season and you come up with that theory. and it And it's not... That Emory Jones might not be more talented than Kyle Trask or have the ability to even do better. But we didn't ever see... There's nothing that I've seen outside of what you think you know from his high school film that makes me think that that's possible. And that goes back to the same thing we talk about with uh, fans and recruiting and stuff. The backup is always your, your favorite guy. So until I see... More from Emory Jones, and hopefully this spring we'll get an opportunity to f- play a full spring and see more. But until I see more, you can't convince me that he would have done better than Kyle Trask in any situation based solely on the fact that I haven't seen anything from him yet. Um, I'm just
0: telling you I think Florida has the same record if if Emory Jones um, starts this year. Like there's nobody that a lost to.
1: Um, I mean, I, I in
0: my opinion. I can't, so I, okay, I can't agree with tough. that yet.
1: We can revisit that in 2021 and I can tell you, you know, now that I've seen this, this is what would have happened in 2020, but I can't say that just yet.
0: I am supremely confident and I've never been wrong of before. Course. So yeah, you know, that's part yeah. of it as well. Mm. Um, did you think that Notre Dame deserved to be in over Texas A&M? No. All right. Give me your best Texas A&M argument.
1: um, I think because that- all I
0: heard all year was that we didn't want to see another rematch with Clemson Notre Dame. So tell me why you did want to see a rematch with Texas A and M Alabama.
1: I think that a rematch. I think Texas A&M is a very different team today than they were in the very beginning of the season. I think we know who Notre Dame is because we got to see them the week before we decided to put them in the playoffs anyway. I think Texas A&M has had a lot of growth. I think that if our conference was set up in a a, like the ACC was instead of divisions, Texas A&M would have been there over Florida, right? I, I think,
0: and and then they would. Have not. I don't then know they taken then, second, then they were taking their second loss to Alabama and
1: what would and, they? Because that that's we can't play this this would they game in twenty yes, twenty. We've seen this. Yes,
0: they would have lost that. They would. So how
1: is that. that any okay? So I don't know. I I, I don't mean, you know would, that I think they would have. But I think Texas A I and mean, This is my biggest argument. You want to hear picked, it?
0: You picked Bama to beat Florida. I mean, you're not telling me you wouldn't have picked Bama to beat a Like, come on. We all know they would have won that.
1: Game. I think AM beats Notre Dame on a neutral field nine out of ten times. That is why I want you to give me Texas A&M instead of Notre Dame because I honestly don't care who's the most deserving. I care what's going to give me the best games to watch. I want to know who the best teams are. I don't care. If you are the most deserving and, but I don't think Notre Dame is more deserving than, than Texas A&M anyway, but I don't think you should get to lose to an opponent and then get into the playoffs with that exact same opponent the next week. It doesn't make sense to me. You've already played them twice this season. It should be somebody else. I don't think that the number four team usually ever has a massively huge argument. So like you can only argue so much for Texas A&M because I think you can only argue so much for any number four team, but I think Texas A&M beats Notre Dame on a neutral field nine out of 10 times. And that's why I would want to see Notre Dame instead.
0: So the problem with it, and we talked about this last year when we talked about eye test or resume, the problem with it is that if, if it all just goes on what the eye test looks like and what you think would happen on a neutral field, then we are totally saying the games don't matter. Because I think, but Florida clearly be- we're
1: saying I- the games aren't mattering anyway. Because we put in an Ohio State team who played two thirds the amount of games who? as everybody else, so we're who clearly won? saying games don't matter. They didn't even have to actually play them. We're just making the assumption that they would win these games. And guess what? If the SEC had done what the ACC did and not played games the last week of the season, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because Florida would be sitting there instead of
0: Notre Dame. Florida wouldn't be in with two losses, not with a loss to Alabama.
1: They, if they lost the way that they lost to Alabama, no, they would have been in. That's crazy.
0: It. Back to the a notre Dame argument. What you're saying is that the, I mean, and I, should the Big Ten have played more games? Yes. But it's a mix of, and that's why it's got to be a blend of it is. both. It you is a blend, for sure. You can't, a blend. and so Notre Dame, okay, do you agree on this? a I'll agree with you on this one if you'll go this far. A&M would beat Notre Dame on a neutral field. I w- will agree with that. Notre Dame's resume was more impressive than A&M's. And so they each get one point with sure. that, right? Okay, what's yes, the, because they're
1: regular season conference champions for the ACC. So you can give and, that to Notre so, Dame.
0: Their their loss was very comparable to A and M's loss, and I know that when it happened wasn't, but they took a big loss to the second best team in the country, and A and M took a big loss sure. to the best team in the country. Sure. So their losses are comparable. Their wins, but at though, the time their, of year matters. Their, see, I don't know, and that's what. Are we saying that games in the beginning of the year just don't matter because no, you can't just discount them? If and we're so getting when you- the
1: best teams by the – what, what you're supposed to be doing right here, right? I want the best teams at the end of the year. So losing at the end hurts more because you could have regressed as a team. Injuries cause that, you know, just different stuff happens. I think that it's when you lose the beginning of the season, you have all the room in the world to improve. And I think Texas A&M did when you lose the last game of the season, the way that Notre Dame lost, it's hard for me to fathom that they're on an upward trajectory.
0: And what's tough about that is Notre Dame has two more wins they have a better win than AM, right? They beat the number two team in the country where AM beat the number seven team in the country. Um, and they have a better second win. Okay, second, I don't think second you win get to is against, th- their you second get to- win, their second win is against UNC, where AM's second win is against Auburn. So, like the resume is just better for Notre Dame. Also, should we and this is, this is something that the committee said that I hate that I'm going to agree with the committee on this, but we shouldn't penalize teams for making a conference championship.
1: I agree with that statement. I don't think so we like, should penalize so, the team for making so a conference championship. If, on if that argument, ever, then then Florida would be in had they not lost to LSU. Had
0: they not thrown shoes and lost AM right. and all, well, you no, know, A&M, all these A&M, other I don't things think that it even
1: matters. Matter. So I think – I don't know that I think UNC is a way better team than Auburn. I'll just throw that statement out there. But I don't think that a loss to or excuse me, a win against Clemson without their starting quarterback is not a better win than Texas A&M beating Florida. Notre Dame beating Clemson with Trevor Lawrence is a better win over Florida, but I think it's a real hard argument to make that Clemson without him is still a better win over Florida.
0: I mean, Clemson put up 40 points in that game. So I understand what you're saying by that. But like, if you, I mean, it's easy to say that. But but I think
1: that's because Notre Dame's really not not that good.
0: (laughs) And we saw that we had this
1: argument prior to them playing. And you were saying like, it's not Clemson's offense. The problem's going to be Clemson's defense and blah, 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 blah. And the defense is much, much
0: better. I think Trevor
1: Lawrence makes them a better team as a whole.
0: I, I mean, he inspired those defenders to play better. I guess He's, he inspired those defenders to play better. You he know, is I don't that know impactful
1: of a player that he makes his entire team better. He puts his defense in better positions. I just think Notre Dame, uh, Clemson scoring that many points against Notre Dame with their backup isn't a uh, isn't saying much about Clemson to me. It's saying a lot about Notre Dame to me.
0: Notre and Dame being so killed. So, so what do you say? I agree with that. Yeah. And I think that. And that's what I hate. It, why got, can we not try A&M, to avoid
1: these things?
0: I mean, we're, we're pretty in agreement that like Bama would have beaten A&M by 14 as well in the playoff. Right. Or more, you know, like, no, I, you know, nobody thinks I think that gonna play. Alabama
1: as- A&M is a way better game than Alabama Notre Dame. And that's what I care about at the end of the day.
0: That's a that better
1: game than it is against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's that game is going to be over by halftime. I hope, and you know what? I hope Saban takes no mercy. I hope they beat them so bad that we don't have to have this stupid Notre Dame discussion for another five years. I thought that that had already happened, but apparently it wasn't a big enough win. I hope he hangs 70 points on Notre Dame and we can stop talking about them for a little while because they're not good.
0: Anytime Notre Dame only has one loss or less, they're going to get in. Whether whether they lose this, whether they, but the other and normally part though they of that play is, a
1: harder schedule than they did this year.
0: The other part of that is, I mean, they normally don't, don't play Clemson twice, you know, or UNC on the road. But I mean, I'll give you, I mean, you know, their schedule's not been super tough for a while. USC's been down, Michigan's been or down. They just the played Georgia play.
1: this year. Like, I mean, their their schedule would have been harder had they not joined the ACC.
0: I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know what the schedule looked like. I know it wasn't harder last year. Notre Dame's wasn't, but I don't know. I would would AM be a better game against Alabama? Yes. Do I think that A and M is a better team than Notre Dame? Yes. Do the games that we play have to matter? Yes. Like okay, you then have why is Ohio to, like, State in? Because their conference are idiots. But, but that's Ohio idiot, State, we have Ohio State. See, I and I'm not gonna agree on this either. Ohio State wanted to play from day one. Like as much as you hate them it. right now, and and I as much no, as, I
1: don't hate them. You, I
0: hate you the stood conference. Up, you stood up for Ohio State back when we were doing this back in August, saying Ohio State's doing the right thing and they should and just they, leave the Big Ten and play somewhere. And so and Ohio I still State still feel like, that
1: way. It's not about Ohio State. It's about the Big Ten. I think we're in this situation because the Big Ten chose for them to be in this situation. And that's why I have an, an issue with it. If Ohio but State I don't played, agree
0: with I don't agree with punishing Ohio State for the Big Ten's failures.
1: But we're making I assumption mean, of what see? would have happened in these games. And that's not okay. That's why we play these games any given Saturday, right? We play these games because we, we are not sure what the outcome is going to be. If we just go ahead and assume we know what the outcomes are going to be in games where there is a, uh, you know, a higher ranked team and a lower ranked team, then why the hell are we playing our schedules to begin with at all? Why does it matter? Why can't we just go straight to the playoffs? You rank the teams. You tell me who's better uh, and let's let them play.
0: And that's why it's a it's that's why it's a mix of both, right? Ohio State won the six games that they played. Their biggest I know that they, win
1: is Indiana
0: and Northwestern, two ranked teams. They've beaten more ranked teams than Florida did this year.
1: If you look you know? at uh, look at Ohio State's schedule and look at Florida's schedule and tell me Ohio State was more challenged.
0: Ohio State wasn't more challenged, but they won every time they were challenged. Is the difference? It, it, they're, that's like playing. So you're, but what you're telling me is you think that a and M should be better because by eye test, they're better than Notre Dame, but then I'll apply that same logic to Ohio state versus whoever the next best team would be Oklahoma. Like, do you want Oklahoma in over Ohio state? You want Florida in over Ohio state? You want Cincinnati in over Ohio state, Georgia? I want Texas like I, A&M. I mean, so then it's Ohio state Notre Dame. Would you rather have, who do you want out of those? I would chairs?
1: rather Ohio state out of Ohio state Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Ohio State deserves to be in. Like, I don't think there's a question about that. And I think we'll see that when they play Clemson. It's a good game. I I think it'll be a
1: great game. This does not have anything to do with the talent that I think that Ohio State has. I agree with um, Dabo Sweeney, which is not something that usually comes out of my mouth at all. Um, I generally find him, I I don't know, a little whiny maybe. Um, But I think that he is right in saying that the playing the actual games needs to be weighed heavily. I don't think it's okay to put a team in that played two-thirds of the schedule on the assumption that they would beat the rest of the teams that they played and that the sm- snippet that we saw makes them better. I, I, I just – I reject that concept. And I think that I would feel differently if Ohio state couldn't have played those games because of outbreaks on their team or, you know, outbreaks on the, whatever it is, but their conference had given them wiggle room and it just still didn't work out. We are only in this situation where we haven't fully seen Ohio state because the big 10 chose for it to be that way. So I have a real issue with the money that Ohio state's going to be bringing into the big 10 with the spot that they have in the playoffs when all of this could have been avoided if their conference, Conference wasn't filled with such boneheads.
0: I completely agree that the Big Ten is filled with a bunch of boneheads. I am not okay with punishing Ohio State when they were the ones champion champion championing, championing sure, sure. we need to play. They played all their games that they could. It wasn't due to outbreaks on their team. Right. They right. were willing to reschedule outside of conference. They beat everybody they played. I think they deserve to be in when you consider all of those things. Now, if if there were a different set of circumstances and it was outbreaks on their team due to partying and they didn't want to play anyway and you know, they had a lot, just whatever, you know, then that's fine. But we could have gotten to this situation where they did only play eight games. And I think you'd had the same take. Oh, they only played eight and Bama had to play 12 or 10 or Clemson played 12 or just, you know, whatever the number was. I just feel
1: like six is just such a low number.
0: Yeah. I mean, and in a year of, I also have an issue with the
1: changing of the rules. Like the rules were dumb to begin with. They should never have been in place to begin with. But I feel like it's so disingenuous to change these stupid rules that you put in place to benefit your team you think is going to have the best run in the playoffs.
0: Well, the team that they ended up changing it for ended up not being able to play in the championship anyway. So I don't know what they would have done in that situation, like just award it to Northwestern or if they would have like taken the next team up. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know, so, but I just, I, I
1: would have felt better about that though, right? Like so, I just, it just is slimy to me to put these rules in place that have no basis on si- in science anyway, but then change them. And same thing with the 21 days away from your team. If you test positive, guess who they changed it for the playoffs because it would have hurt Ohio state. And again, none of these rules were based in on science at all, but it's just, just bizarre to me and slimy that they get changed to benefit one team. And that's not a knock on Ohio state. Like I would want those rules changed the entire year too. I just think that it's, it's not a great look to change them to benefit one team.
0: But I feel like that happens all the time. Like it happened this year with the ACC and not having to go play Florida state again for the second time or not having, they canceled the games for Clemson. So I feel like it happens. more. Yeah, I also often don't agree not. with
1: that move either. I get that. Like when Bro. you know better, you do better. And if halfway through the season and more information about COVID came out and so then conferences adjusted rules based on new information. And, and I would be totally good with that. I think it's when they canceled Clemson and Notre Dame's and guess, Hey, maybe the SEC should have just done that. But I think that they're, when you take away value on actually playing the game, you do the the, the game as a whole a disservice.
0: Yeah. and that has happened this say, year. What I will say in them changing the rule in the big Ten was they changed it the right way. Like, I know you're not a fan of the fact they changed it because they bent the rules for somebody, but like they set a stupid rule. Sure. And then they changed, they changed it to, it to correct something more way. reasonable.
1: So, I guess so I would have liked it I, I halfway through. That, they came yeah, out like, or, and said like, hey, listen, we've realized that this was an overreach and we're going to dial it back before these things were set. And guess what? The team that benefits the most, whether they do it in October or whether they do it in the end of November, is still Ohio State. But I think it looks a hell of right. a lot better the,
0: when you do it. The, it's the moral dilemma of, you know, they're doing something I like, but not for the reasons for the I like right it. reasons. I want yeah. them. Yeah. And so it's like if you I do just something, they would you know, have like, said
1: we made a mistake in doing this. You know, we we realize now that this is what the CDC said well, that we're gonna imagine,
0: we're imagine gonna asking saying imagine,
1: I'm wrong.
0: Imagine asking any college football entity at all whether it's one of our teams a conference the entire thing a team a player a coach ever admitting fault or taking any responsibility i mean we can't even get your coach to take responsibility for kids throwing shoes across the field you think (laughs) the entire freaking big 10 is going to claim responsibility for screwing up the entire season i mean come on so uh all that said what's ohio state's chance of winning this game
1: um i think that
0: I need a percentage. You need Percent a percentage. Chance that They win.
1: I think it's about fifty-five, forty-five. Clemson.
0: Woo! That's closer than I think, or than I. That's closer than I thought you would have said, and probably closer than I have it as well. So, um, I hope they do, though, because you talked about like liking Dabo running his mouth about playing. I, I could never imagine a say. Could you imagine a situation? And, may, and I know I shouldn't compare every coach to this, but like I'll even name a few. Like, could you imagine Bobby Bowden or Nick Saban or Joe Pa or Urban Meyer sounding like the whiny baby back you-know-what that Dabo is complaining about the number of games that another team has played? If if they haven't played enough games, just go out well, and beat them. Like, did, what is the point of, you know... Did
1: you watch the selection show?
0: No, I did okay. not. Because I I uh,
1: everybody did it. Literally every coach that they interviewed did it, except for Day, obviously, who's not going to it? Saban. did it. Saban what did it. Saban Let me see if I can pull up his quote. Saban ate, ate them for lunch. Um, well,
0: I, and, and so, I don't know. I didn't see the Saban ones. The Saban ones didn't hit the timeline like the Dabo ones did. But, Saban I is know Dabo, but I know Dabo kept talking about it and kept bringing it up and kept whining well, about I'll, it. And it's but also, like, to dude, be fair, he's asked about playing. it and they're playing. Just go play the— Yeah, but you can— like We said that about Mullen, too. You can answer things without sounding like a whiny, baby back sissy. You know, like, all you have to do is say, hey, Ohio State's our opponent. We're focused on beating them. Next question. You know, like, it's not this whiny thing that he does where everything— So, all that to say, I hope Ohio State beats the hell out of them and ends up winning with less games and then beating them. Now, I still want Bama to win it all, but— I hate Dabo so much. He's so, like, just go out and play. Like, just go play. Stop crying. Stop whining. The ACC canceled a game so, for you. So you wouldn't have to travel again. Stop. Complaining. This is,
1: this is part of what Saban said. He said, um, um, other than seeing them on TV, I know they have a, a really good team and they beat Clemson who has a really, really, Oh, this about this part's about Notre Dame who has a really, really good team. Saban said they have a really good quarterback. They have a tough defense. I don't think you win 10 games in this season without having some really, really good players. I think that was the big thing about this season. The people who played 10 or 11 games had to survive the grind. That's why I thought it should have been those teams that were rewarded. I think Ohio state has a great team and they probably deserve to be in the Playoffs based on the quality of the team they had, but they didn't win the games. So, I mean, yeah, and that's, maybe that's, that's,
0: I mean, I didn't think that is, was nearly as bad well, as well. Like, you also should have seen his face as he, he was saying, it too. Because he, because but
1: he, it's a compliment sandwich. Um, but Dabo, yeah. like I was so, just reading Dabo's too, and he talks about what a great team they are, too. It, it just, it's rather not acknowledge that aspect because he said there's no question Ohio State is good enough uh, to beat us, beat any of these four playoff teams, and be the national champion. That's not a question at all. Um, And then he goes into saying, he said that he thinks that you should have had to win nine or ten games, play nine or ten games. So, I mean, that snippet, that's a pretty big compliment too. And then he ended it with, I have all the respect in the world for Ohio State. So, I I mean... It's just that it's it's the same thing we talk about. Dan Mullen, there's no slack because uh, he is viewed as uh, kind of negatively by the media or twist, or, you know, whatever. He just doesn't have a great relationship with them. Saban could say the same thing and nobody would bat an eye. I think that's what's happening here, and I th- I think that Sweeney did compliment them. I think he makes a valid point on why they aren't aren't there. Notre Dame made the same code uh, made the same comments. Saban made the same type of comments. They all said, this is a great team. We don't like the fact that they only played six games uh, to get here. And I think that Sweeney, it's still in conversation because they're playing each other. So every day when he meets with the press, they're asked again, his, his, ballot, he voted them 11 in the final, uh, coaches poll. And he explained that too. He said he didn't put anybody that didn't play nine to 10 games in his own top 10. And that's why he put them at 11. Um, and he pointed to ballots that he did in previous seasons where he ranked Ohio state higher than Alabama, um, which is his alma mater. And I mean, I and even though, oh, like in t- he did it in 2017. Ohio State didn't make the playoffs that year. Alabama did. He ranked Ohio State ahead of Alabama because he thought that they uh, deserved to be there more than Ohio State did. I mean, excuse me, more than Alabama did. I just think that it's that he is just whiny in general. He's whined and complained about so much stuff, especially this season. It feels like anyway that his becomes uh, more bulletin board material. If that makes sense.
0: When you're playing against somebody and you whine like this, it's just not a good look. Whether and the I reason I, that Saban's comments don't get blown up like Mullins and Dabo's do is because Saban doesn't st- Saban doesn't stick his m- foot in his mouth every other chance that a microphone gets in front of his face. And the difference between Saban saying they don't deserve it, Saban put him at five. Like I can understand that Dabo sure. voting him at eleven. I you sure. know it's just different. It just absolutely sure. is different. Dabo is an absolute clown show who has shown that he cannot i mean like i said that's why mullen gets compared to him as baby Dabo at this point because every time a mic gets stuck in their face they have to say something stupid they don't just act professional they don't just act like oh you know what we're focused on something else we're moving on they play the games they played. we played the games we played we're excited about the matchup like that is so easy to say like that but when you act like a Sissy, and I you know I keep trying to not cuss when you act like Dabo's acting and vote him eleven, come on, like there's teams with four losses that he's got in front, of, you know, like this is sure. ridiculous, sure. you know there's teams with like the same number of wins because they went six and four, you know right. and and you know, so like Dabo takes it to another level, yeah, can save and say some similar things and not get blown up, yes, because he's not a complete asshole the rest of the year, and that's the biggest difference so. I, I hope Ohio State beats them. The uh, one I think Kelly is,
1: did say, I don't re- remember specifically what he said, but I literally remembered being blown away that when they interviewed all four playoff team coaches, three of the four blasted Ohio State being there.
0: Um, I think it's a little bit different than blasting, but I mean, that's just a questioned.
1: word. So Let's just use cla- uh, questioned. Uh, Ohio that's State what, being that, there.
0: That's definitely a better word. So you don't think Ohio State should be in the playoff, but – what if they win these two games? Like, is that enough for you? Like, do they deserve, like, what are your thoughts if that happens? Because maybe they didn't deserve to be in the playoff, in your opinion, but like, if they come out and beat the undoubted best two teams in the country, like, I think there's a pretty clear gap between one and two, and then three, and then four, and then like, or like, you know, four, five, six, like, like all those teams are kind of jumbled up. But so, yeah. but I think one and two are. I mean, clear. if Ohio State do-
1: wins both games, uh, they deserve to be national champions, and I will acknowledge them as such. I'm not cl- crowning some, you know, side team over here. I just, and my issue with Ohio State getting in is procedural, not about the team as a whole. I, um, I, I think that they're a very talented team. I think that they can compete. They probably are one of the top four. I just don't like the idea that we're making the assumption that they're one of the top four based on an incomplete resume. That's the part that we- bothers me.
0: We make assumptions like that every year, and I, I, agree, it, with this, you, this is I agree with we you. I agree with you, had that.
1: to make an assumption about the Big Ten is forcing us to, and that's where I'm annoyed.
0: So, what I would also like to know is who are your four playoff teams if Ohio State and Notre Dame shouldn't be there?
1: <laughs> Honestly, so, A&M, uh,
0: so I, I know you got AM in,
1: yeah, and I probably put Florida in. <laughs> I knew you were
0: um, up, yeah, that's I,
1: I don't but if I look at who the I, other I say we take are, I
0: say we I say we take Clemson out and just put Georgia in and just make it an SEC tournament.
1: I'm just saying if I look at what my options are and I look at who I think would beat who on a neutral field, that's what I come up with.
0: Well, I don't have Florida beating Ohio State on a neutral field.
1: Um I think I do, but I'm not I, including Ohio State in that because they didn't play a complete resume. So they're disqualified in my mind.
0: <laughs> that's insane. But, it, huh? hilarious. <laughs> I can't believe you found a way to put Florida in the playoff. Um, but, I'm sure they'll make it next year, so not not a huge deal. Uh, what about this bowl game? A lot of opt-outs. Um, we're, we're not going to see three of the receivers. Pitts isn't going to be there. Marco Wilson opting out. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Some other guys in the secondary. So, so we're
1: going to get a real what? chance to see if Florida fans were right that he should have been on the bench. Yeah,
0: so... Careful. Uh, The the game was a three point spread Florida's way and has flipped the other way. Oklahoma three point favorite. I kind of like, I liked Oklahoma plus three a lot more than I like a minus three. I think Florida's offense will still be fine. Um, you know, the a lot of
1: weapons on offense. Yeah,
0: the way that Mullen calls it, like he just he relies on getting guys in space, and they'll do a good job of that. I also think that Oklahoma's defense isn't very so, good, so Florida will be fine. But I do think that Oklahoma's going to score. and So I think yeah. it'll be a fun game. I think yeah, the game it, will be a ton of fun.
1: I think it'll be fun. I think it's actually an important game, even though there are a lot of opt-outs, and I've seen all over Twitter people saying, like, this game means nothing. Like, this is just a preview of the future. I don't know that I agree that I think that this game means nothing. I think that Florida – if they were to win this game with, let's call, you know, the future, uh, players, I, I kind of think that that is a great stepping stone for next season. I, I don't agree with the statement that this game means nothing. I think Oklahoma is a great team. I think that they don't get to play each other very often at all. And so it's a great, um, matchup I'm interested. So, Obviously, I guess at this point we've made the assumption Trask is playing because they're in Dallas now and there's been no announcement that he is opting out. So I would assume he's I, I think it's
0: been announced he is playing. Like Mullen okay. said, like, oh, okay. he's a competitor, all this yeah, you know, all the coaches.
1: Um interesting to me that he hasn't announced that he's leaving. I still think that he is leaving, but that does make me wonder is there any contemplation no. in his mind of coming back no. or he's is he won- truly just he's waiting until he's played his last game?
0: He's going to make millions of dollars.
1: Um So, but so then if that is the case, do we see Emery Jones more because this is, uh, you know, the last opportunity before he's the, uh, you know, the assumed starter to get a little bit more practice? Um, I I don't know. Do you not do that to Kyle Jones because it's his, or excuse me, Kyle Trask, because it's his last game as a Gator and you want him to go out with all the stats and all the glory. I I don't know. I don't know how you play that as a coach.
0: We know that Mullen definitely does care about the stats. Um, I don't know. I think you use Emory the same way you've used him all year. If Florida um, goes up by a bunch, maybe you play Emory a little bit. You know, yeah. In the second half, I don't expect him to go up by a bunch. I don't expect him to go up
1: by a bunch. Yeah,
0: With Oklahoma's offense, they're kind of never out of it. Um, same with Florida's offense. you know, just yeah. kind of missing some guys. Uh, Florida starts the year out next year with Florida, Atlantic, and then USF. Here in Tampa, we'll have to go see that together. Yeah. But I don't know that they need – another tune-up for him yeah having reps because they're going to get two of them to start the year sure. it's kind of back to the back to the normal schedule um so we hope <laughs> you know yeah knock on wood um but uh, you know so i think they're they're probably good there and, and then the SEC's typically pretty favorable well that third saturday i mean it'll be what right after that it'll be tennessee and kentucky so uh, you know it's not like it's not like um
1: So they haven't... Interestingly, the SEC has not announced dates for very many SEC games. Florida-Georgia is always um, the last weekend in October, Um, so that's going to stay the same. But... Um, we don't know what the dates were. So I'll be interested to see if they shuffle that around at all or if it goes back to what we're used to. Because So my birthday is September 17th. Generally, my birthday weekend is always Florida, Tennessee. Kentucky Mm -hmm. is usually the fourth Saturday in September. Um, But because those dates have not been set, and in previous years they had been set by this point, I don't know if that means the SEC is going to shake things up and how that um, has any implications on the season as a whole like obviously you'd rather start with some of the teams that you know are going to give you wins and yeah. you can figure things I mean, out then you know have Alabama show up the third week of September instead
0: yeah I mean as long as they don't get Bama then it, it it's probably you know Bama like,
1: or LSU Florida doesn't want then uh, I mean in Georgia set yeah. where it is so
0: yeah the the east is you know the east games that are not announced are all I mean if you lose them you have bigger problems than that so um yeah no, I don't know I think that I think Florida's got just as good of a chance to win this game as anybody. I think that the um line moving so much does kind of give you a pause. Like, man, you know, Oklahoma's offense is really good. I don't know that they've had the opt outs or the talent that's not there. Um, and then Florida's defense is is just not good. Uh, you know, and having they're not good players not playing. I mean, like I said, we're gonna find out and we're gonna see. I I hate to just be so sarcastic with it, but it would be shocking to me if those guys come in that have been on the bench all year and they just absolutely light it up. So I think Oklahoma will score, I think Florida will do fine because Oklahoma's defense isn't very good either, but you know, I kind of like, and wouldn't be too shocked if Oklahoma won. I do have a thought on opt outs and the playoff, and everything we're doing now. I know you said you think the, the game is not me. I, the game is to me is completely meaningless I know it'll, it'll sound better to have a nine and three record than an eight and four record Florida's most prolific offense, certainly the most prolific passing offense ever to, you know, be on the cusp of maybe making the playoff, if not for a thrown shoe and winning the Heisman, everything else to kind of like drown an eight and four is, doesn't feel great. So nine and three will definitely feel a lot better. It always feels good. to win. But I think the game is meaningless. And I think that more and more and more bowls are becoming absolutely meaningless because of all these opt-outs. And I tweeted this. I think that when it was just the BCS, which backing up to the, I meant to say this, backing up to the Notre Dame AM situation, the BCS would have had the four teams that we have in right now.
1: I would be so uh, interested so, in running that formula. And if anybody they had, did, they, did, uh, d- they, did. they did, okay.
0: Yeah. And it would be the four teams we have now. So, Okay. Well, that makes me feel better.
1: It, I, I honestly am a BCS fan.
0: So when we got rid of the BCS, when we had the BCS, 90% of teams knew that they weren't making the national championship, right? Like you just knew you weren't going to make it. The first week, literally half the field was eliminated because you weren't getting in with a loss. Uh, especially not a, you know, if you lost week one, that meant you had to be perfect the rest of the way. And very few times did that ever happen. Actually, I can't ever remember a time in the BCS that a team lost week one and then ended up going to the championship. Um, so when you yeah, had and the BCS.
1: I lost that made it to the BCS championship game.
0: Teams that lost Week One,
1: Florida. Well, not Week One. I'm saying there's teams that lost yes, in general yes, and have made absolutely. it. There. Not necessarily Week One. Yeah. I don't think yeah, whether it happens did. Week One or Week Four or whatever necessarily matters. Except for Week One well, is generally no. filled with patsies. If we had the Week Ones like we've no, been no, having that's not, a couple years. That's, that that's might not be my different.
0: point. Yeah, and that wasn't necessarily so much my point. My point was that during Week One, essentially everybody half the field was eliminated, right? Because you know a lot of times undefeated or only one loss teams made it in. And so with the BCS, when you got your loss, you fought like hell to not have another loss and make a BCS bowl or to make a big bowl. And it meant something to go to these bowls. But now with the playoff, you've got 15 teams that think that they should be in the playoff, right? Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, A&M thought they should be there. Oklahoma won the Big 12. Florida says we're a shoe throw away from not making it. Cincinnati feels like, they 9-0 and should make it. Coastal feels like at 11-0, and they should make it. Indiana lost and only had one loss. Iowa State was in the big poll. So, like, all of these – Georgia only finishing with two losses to the two of the top seven teams in the country. So, like, everybody feels like they should make it now, and when they don't, they just opt out of the bowl game. They're just like, ah, well, I don't care. This is kind of a letdown. And so I think that bowls have been – and over the next five years, bowls have been ruined. Like, bowls are just no longer – Important. So many of them this year with the pandemic were canceled, but we have seen this trend. And I think it's less about the pandemic this year than it is. The trend is just going up. I'd love to see somebody st- put the stats together on bowl uh, opt-outs because it's more this year than it has ever been. Last year, Florida had a bunch of guys going to the first round. And or in, you know, a bunch of wide receivers and stuff that were going to get drafted, and Grinard and Zuniga. And I don't remember Florida having very many opt outs at all. Like, I could be wrong about that. I, I'm not 100% sure. I think
1: like, nobody comes to mind. I yeah. And so
0: it. Now you've got Florida playing in a New Year's Six Bowl against Oklahoma, the Big 12 championship, a game that you never get to see. And not all their talent, but all their talent guys are opting out, you know, like, and it's not just Florida. It's yeah. everyone. This is happening everywhere. If you're not in the playoff, you're opting out. And I, I just, it's, it will only get worse. It's not going to get better. People aren't going to be like, oh, so like New Year's six bulls have lost their luster. And I think because of that, the only way to get players to stay re-engaged is to just have a bigger playoff. Like if you oh,
1: had a the BCS.
0: But that's never going to happen. They're never going to go back the other way because it's already lost its luster. You go back to the BCS and it's still just a BCS bowl, right? Like it may change the name from BCS to, to New Year's six, but it's almost like the, it's almost like the, the blindfold has been lifted. And now we realize that the bowls were essentially meaningless back in the day anyway, right? Like the, it felt good to win BCS bowls. It felt good to win New Year's six bowls, but Essentially, nothing has changed other than our perspective of them. And so like there's no way to get that that cat back in the bag. Like there's no way to like now ha- you know all of a sudden everyone is just reinvigorated and feels like the bowls are meaningful again. It's never going to happen. And so yes, my preference would still be for us to be able to back up 10 years, be back in the BCS where it all felt like it mattered, it all felt like it meant something, but that's just never going to happen. We're never just going to like gain perspective back or you know romanticize the idea of winning a new year six bowl and so my thought would be you eliminate the month off between the the championship games uh, conference championship games and the in the natty and you just have a playoff you just have a bigger playoff where more teams are invested and i think if you know i threw out something today that Have the top 25 teams, have a play in for the last game and have the top 25 teams play and make it 24 and 24 or 12 and 12, just like the, you know, like the NFL does give some buys away. But if you did that, even if you chop that down to like 16 or something crazy, if we had the top 16 teams right now, and I have been a big proponent of not having playoffs like I, I, I like two better than four. I like four better than eight. I do not want to expand it. But if we're going to basically make all bowls irrelevant in the next five years, then let's just have a playoff. Let's just have a bigger playoff where Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Texas, well, obviously those forced 4 four aren't, but where Texas A&M and Oklahoma and Florida and Cincinnati and Georgia and Iowa State and Indiana and Coastal and UNC, where they don't have guys opting out. Yeah. Like, and just make them bowls. Like, make You can call it a bowl. Like The round one of the playoffs is like, You know, the Birmingham Bowl and all that stuff. And if you lose, you're out and you just you can opt out. It's just one more game. But there's got to be something because bowls are dying. I mean, they are absolutely dying. We will have less bowls every year. I mean, we'll we'll get some back next year, but there will be less bowls in 2021 than there were in 2019. So we'll get more next year than we had this year just because of the pandemic. But then in 2022, there will be less bowls than 2021. And then in 2023 there will be less bowls than there were in 2022 because guys are just there's just going to be too many opt outs there's going to be too too much of this happening and it's just a it's just a crappy trend and it sucks because what was cool about college football is you could play your ass off all year finish with two tough losses like uh, like Georgia has this year or like Florida has this year and still win a big bowl and feel good about it now guys don't even care you know, guys are just like, whatever, just get it over with. And I'm not saying nobody on the team cares, but uh, you know, the guys that are going to the NFL don't care. <laughs> you know, like, you know, a lot of times your quarterbacks don't opt out because uh, you know, they can just not get hit all game anyway. Right. <laughs> like just kind of like throw the ball away if something's coming because the game's meaningless. But I don't know. It's just sad to see like bulls are becoming more and more completely irrelevant. And I know that you said like, you feel like the Florida game matters for like personal reasons of like the record and feeling I think it good about next year. For the experience team I, like- I think
1: it matters for the team for moving forward for next year I don't know that I think that it necessarily matters to fans but I think that it's an important step for the team as a whole yeah, um, it, it, but it
0: used to matter to fans. Like it sure, used to matter. Like sure. I'm not debating that by any
1: means. And I think, Florida and I hope Florida hold. fans do care about Florida, Oklahoma. I, like I know that I do, but I get, I think you're spot on. I totally get what you are saying. And when I say it matters, I mean, I think it matters for improvement for next year. I think it matters for Mullen and these players and guys earning a spot for next season. I don't think it necessarily matters for the majority of fans.
0: And even if that is the case, I think it matters so little, like for next season. Like, I, you know, I'll go out on the limb and kind of agree with you that maybe it matters a little well, bit. Towards it the next matters that around. you get
1: 13 extra yeah. practices or whatever, which but I you didn't even way get that better. I
0: mean, than. you didn't get that this year. I mean, it was How like, mean did they they get? like, I mean, it was like a week turnaround, right? Like, didn't they play, you but know, they get like more
1: practices in than a team that didn't go to a bowl game.
0: Definitely get more in and stuff like that. But like, with how crazy this year has been, yes, the practices matter, but the actual game itself, like, you know, they're going to be, the offense is going to be catching balls from a guy that isn't even going to be there next year. (laughs) You know, so it's like, I don't know. The defense is going to be all young guys playing stuff they haven't practiced and haven't had an old offseason. I don't know. I just think that I wish that, you know, I do not blame kids for opting out and doing what's best for their future. Oh, They're, I don't either.
1: I don't blame so them. So I'm
0: 100% okay with that. What needs to be figured out is how do we combat that? And right. the answer can't be to keep doing what we're doing right now. And I have, for the longest time, not been a fan of expanding the playoff because I thought that if you expand the playoff to eight, then even more teams are going to not care once they don't and make it. And that's true
1: if, you, apt, if like, you expand it to eight.
0: But if you just take it to 16... Basically everyone still yeah. cares. Now the team may
1: have th- convinced me on this, which is not something that I'm proud to admit at all. And I have to put more thought into it, but I do. I think that it has really ruined some of the regular season and the postseason the way that we have this setup. I think that eight makes it worse on the postseason. So maybe you're right that we have to swing so far the other direction to, uh, I mean, I guess basically do what we were doing before, but the BCS calling it something else. We just right. played the playoffs you- during the regular season in the past.
0: My biggest problem with eight is because is that I don't want to see eight right now would be Cincinnati and Alabama, right? I don't want to see that. I mean, yeah. Okay. They're undefeated. They're both undefeated. Like, great. Okay. sounds great. Alabama beat the hell out of them. Like, nobody wants to see that Florida Clemson would be a fun one. You know, like I, you know, that'd be two, seven, but like, I don't want to see Cincinnati, Alabama. So when you have 16, um, I think you give some buys and some different things in there and it'd be a lot, yeah. uh, a lot better from that perspective you'd have byu and you put byu against like iowa state who's the 10th team and you 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 have like buys built in and let alabama have a round or two off like the fcs does like they do it at the lower levels do it at this one so i don't know i'm glad that i could convince you that was my biggest accomplishment in 2021. Second is Bryant <laughs> being born and us keeping him alive for six months but that, that was isn't, that is an accomplishment uh, uh, let's recap some. We, we got, we'll do some picks, and then we'll get out of here. We'll do these rapid fire. Um, the FF, You had a better week than me two weeks ago. I took FSU – well, we both took – well, it doesn't matter. The FSU weight game got canceled. We both missed on USC beating Oregon. Oregon won that outright. We both hit on Oklahoma over Iowa State. You hit on Clemson. I missed on Notre name. You hit on Florida. I missed on Bama. And then we both missed on Cincinnati against Tulsa. Uh, you went three for five. I went one for five. Season totals are we've both picked 88 games. I've gotten 45 right. You've gotten 41 right, but you are going to have a chance today to come back. You're down by four, and we are picking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 remaining bowl games. We're doing fast. Oklahoma State is a one point favorite over Miami. Give me Oklahoma State.
1: Give me, give me Oklahoma State, too.
0: Very good. You're not going to be able to come back if you pick the same yeah. every time. But, but I can't cheer for Miami. So, Texas is a seven and a half point favorite against Colorado.
1: Give me Texas.
0: I like Texas as well. I, I just don't think Colorado is that good. No, Wisconsin is a seven and a half point favorite against Wake Forest.
1: Uh, give me Wisconsin.
0: Um, I like Wake here. I just think that Wisconsin hasn't played enough games and they don't really deserve to be there. Um. <laughs> Give me Oklahoma to cover the spread of three against all right, Florida. Give me Florida. Um, Tulsa is a two and a half point favorite against Mississippi State. I like Tulsa here.
1: Give me Mississippi State.
0: I need to pick the SEC. Uh, we're going to find out about some of these SEC teams and see how hard this schedule really was when all the SEC teams end up losing their bowl games besides Alabama. Um, San Jose State nine and a half against Ball State. I'll take San Jose State.
1: Wait, um, yeah, give me San Jose State too. Sorry,
0: it's okay. West Virginia is a seven-point favorite against Army.
1: Uh, give me West Virginia.
0: Uh, I'll take Army. I know nothing about either team, but yeah,
1: I don't really either. But
0: I just want you to have the chance to catch up. Uh, Texas Christian TCU is a four and a half point favorite against Arkansas. Give me Texas Christian.
1: Give me Arkansas.
0: This is just going to help my lead. You picking all these SEC teams? Uh, Georgia is a seven-point favorite against Cincinnati. I like Georgia to win this. Yeah, g- give me Georgia. Uh, Northwestern is a three and a half-point favorite against Auburn. I like Northwestern here.
1: Give me Auburn.
0: <sighs> Alley TJ Northwestern Alley SEC. Uh, Bama is a 19 and a half point favorite. I like the tide. Bama Clemson, seven and a half points against Ohio State. Give me Ohio State on this one.
1: Mm, uh, Cover the spread. Uh, give me Clemson
0: State. TJ Clemson. Um, Kentucky is a two and a half point favorite against NC State.
1: Uh, give me Kentucky.
0: I could have seen that coming a mile away. Allie, NC State. I'll take NC State. Uh, Indiana is an eight-and-a-half point favorite against Ole Miss.
1: Um, <laughs> give me Ole Miss.
0: Do you think they win that game, or you just like them to cover the spread? Eight and a half is a lot.
1: Eight and a half is a lot, and they score a lot of points, so I think they cover the spread. I don't know if I think they win, but I would be here for it.
0: Um, Iowa State is a four and a half point favorite against Oregon. I have bet on Oregon twice and they've screwed me yeah, both times. So say, give, give me Ohio- Ohio-
1: give me Iowa State too, I'm not <laughs> touching um, Oregon.
0: And this is an interesting one. Uh, Texas A and M minus seven and a half against UNC. I think A and M wins the game, but their offense has not been great, and UNC scored a lot of points. So I think UNC keeps it within that touchdown. But so give me UNC to, to cover, but A and M to win.
1: Give me A and M to cover and win.
0: Um, alle. So, last point. Then we'll get out of here. I gotta go. Some people in your house have to actually work. Um, if the SEC only wins one or two bowl games, every argument that said that the SEC schedule being tougher was like is just totally discredited. Can we agree on this? Correct. If they lose every if they lose every bowl game. Minus, you know, I mean, they're gonna beat Notre Dame, and then they're gonna beat. I think UGA beat Cincinnati, but everything else is like. Yes, you know. So, yes. if the SEC does
1: terrible at bowl season, the argument that the SEC played a much harder schedule the whole year is not a sound. Agreed.
0: I'll take it. So that's what I'm going to be cheering for this whole postseason, so that I can talk crap about it next week. So there
1: you go. All next right. Next week
0: we'll be talking about the Natty. So
1: there you go. It. Have a good week, guys.